0: we're a startup we get a lot of things wrong we mess up you know and um, and we could mess up quite a lot on the consumer side and they just still tell us how amazing we are they still just tell us about like it's so cool that you're promoting outdoor fitness I feel so much better post class compared to um, an indoor solution so um, yeah it's it's exciting
1: Welcome to Startup Health Now, the podcast where we celebrate the entrepreneurs and innovators reimagining the future of health. I'm your host, Logan Plaster. One in four adults is physically inactive. That's according to a global health study published in The Lancet a few years ago. That's an enormous number. It doesn't take much research or imagination to figure out that this leads directly to poorer health outcomes, not to mention just the lower quality of life in general. Our bodies need to move for our physical and mental well-being. Dave Stapleton, my guest today, is working to solve this problem. Dave played semi-pro rugby in Ireland and then moved to London to work in finance. Because of his years on the field, he prefers outdoor fitness classes. He was taking part in these various boot camps and high-intensity training sessions around London when he realized two things. The first was that outdoor training was more accessible to the people who needed it most. People who feared the judgment or complexity of a gym or class seemed to see outdoor classes as an entry point to fitness. The second was that the outdoor fitness market was incredibly fractured and disorganized. So Dave did what great entrepreneurs do. He dove deep into market research, found like-minded collaborators, and began to build. The platform he created Buafit fit just celebrated facilitating its one millionth engagement so i wanted to get dave on the phone from london and hear more about how their journey has played out since startup health invested in the company last year here's my conversation with dave stapleton ceo and co-founder of Buafit. enjoy dave awesome to be with you and look forward to hearing what you're what you're working on and where you're going next
0: Awesome, Logan. Thanks for having me.
1: So I loved learning about BuaFit last year, really interested in what you're building in the fitness space. But I want to start by kind of playing the devil's advocate. Uh, Why does the world need another fitness app, another fitness health tech startup?
0: Yeah, good question. I suppose like it starts from, we're at the start of a fitness uh, revolution in a way. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of consumers that are, Completely inactive, they haven't found the right solutions for themselves. And I think the big spin off on um, our services that we're innovating, uh, connecting fitness professionals and consumers to the outdoor market, um, which is known to be the healthiest segment uh, in the industry to exercise in. And um, so Um, amongst other things but that's kind of like our big big differentiation piece amongst a few other
1: things you mentioned this idea of a fitness revolution um and yet the sense i get is that there is this big gap between the people who are taking advantage of it uh and the millions tens of millions maybe hundreds of millions of people who are intimidated by exercise and fitness so talk to me about just that spectrum
0: yeah and i mean like if you go back to the DNA of how the fitness industry started, it was you know your typical gym, uh, then studios, or you're exercising outdoors, going for a run, and that didn't satisfy the needs for a number of different consumers. It's very intimidating environments, loads of mirrors, weights, uh, particularly for females, a lot of men, um, and that that is intimidating. Whereas like outdoor fitness is a solution for that. Uh, that no mirrors no ego environment makes a lot of people very comfortable because uh we as people uh, feel very comfortable to be outdoors at all times in every country so uh formulating and packaging um a wellness and a fitness solution um in a way with a good trainer a good user experience and a lot of variety in an awesome cool location um, can add a lot of value uh, to your wellness journey. We're going to
1: unpack those different pieces. You said cool location, very interesting. Uh, the idea of being a stepping stone for folks. Um, how did you get into this? Uh, were you a, a gym rat yourself? Were you an outdoor fitness junkie? What was your journey?
0: I both actually. Um, I was playing sports outdoors from the age of like, like five, six. I was playing rugby from that age. And um, I played football, Gaelic football, hurling. I used to canoe and um, I did like every type of outdoor uh, activity possible. And then um, playing rugby to a semi-professional level, they had us in the gym um, from a relatively young age, kind of like letting our bodies develop a little bit, but like 16 years of age. Um, so i've always had the hook um not just for the physical benefits but the mental benefits um and um, i think how the idea was born was pretty much um i was in a gym uh working in finance i was pretty unhappy um in my career and um i kind of got bored of the gym and i was looking for classes outdoors and i couldn't find any so i knew it was a kind of a consumer need and um, one of my friends as a, as a PT um, failed, and he told me uh, the journey of becoming a PT. And I kind of got obsessed with um, that problem. Um, PT so, being personal
1: yeah. trainer, not physical therapist, right?
0: Yes, PT. Got it, got it. Yeah,
1: fitness trainer, fitness instructor, there's a few different names. Got it. So, uh, I'll be, I'll be, so yeah. one of the trends that fascinates me in health innovation is high tech meets low tech. And I love the idea that you're, you know, you're starting this, this uh, healthcare startup Buafit, uh around the idea of meeting in a park and doing uh, exercises together, like one of the most low-tech concepts possible. So uh, talk to me about the product itself, the marketplace, what you've built and how you're bringing that sort of high-tech and low-tech together.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of like the low-tech, like the market was there was such a lack of um technology within the market it was so fragmented like everyone can see outdoor fitness everywhere walking around but you, you can't find it to book because they're all made of um really small one-man businesses that don't have um the investments in order to reach consumers um, so it's like I, so it's like and, i'm in the
1: park i see some little six-person boot camp happening and i'm like. That seems like a good idea. And the only way I can get engaged is to literally walk up and interrupt them.
0: Yeah. Or if they have a flyer or a flag or whatever. Yeah. You know, you can't, it's really, even if, even if uh, she has or he has a, a great presence locally, it'll still be very difficult to, to search for them. And so a lot of them don't even have websites, they run their business through, through WhatsApp. So the low tech side of what we do is our consumers can find, book, and pay into a variety of outdoor and online classes now um, in two clicks um with no contract um so that's kind of like a simple consumer journey uh, that's easy and then to kind of i wouldn't consider ourselves as high tech what we're kind of doing is connecting uh, the market uh, with with social uh, marketplace technology uh and that was all born from me getting out there in the market training um and following more so stalking my my target market i used to book into these classes into these local um uh, group trainer classes and winter summer spring and um there was one key difference that i found between um outdoor and in inside was that outdoors is way more playful like the consumer behavior of Anyone from the age of 25 up to 65 was just like having fun while exercising. Yeah. And I was just like, well, yeah, let's ingrain that digitally and then they'll get it physically as well. Dave, yeah. I
1: have to tell you, I've, I've been thinking about you a lot recently because ever since our first conversation, maybe six, seven months ago, uh, I actually I started my my primary exercise is now jumping rope uh, outside oh, awesome. uh, while listening to music. And I do it it and I love it and it's the first exercise I've ever done that really brought me a lot of joy and uh, and fun. And um, and I just it's almost like an excuse to be out in the world dancing. It's like very joy filled. And I just think about uh, what you're doing and I think about uh, what you can bring to people beyond just being in a gym, lifting weights like really uh, joy, you know, a sense of enjoyment together
0: yeah no and that's that's it like i think that's like we're big advocates of trying to um reshape how the industry is marketed as well like this whole concept going back to the intimidating point of like get fit get ripped for summer like all of that is toxic like it's all about um do what works for you, you know, if that's skipping, listening to awesome music, amazing. And that's what our brand is all about. If it's going for a nine mile walk, if it's to burn a thousand calories in an intense class, um, and that's what um, the industry, um, that's why there's so much room for the industry. And that's why there's so much scope for a lot more startups to come in and, and compete for business. Because if you look at where I'm sitting here right now in in, in London, in, in House of Sport, um, we still have one in three people completely inactive across the whole country. Yeah, There's a reason for that, you yeah. know? Um, so,
1: yeah. <clears throat> I-, I gotta ask you about a second ago, you said that you started to stalk classes in order to do market research. And a lot of our audience mm. is our uh, founders uh, folks who have to get creative about market research. So just tell me, uh, what was that experience like? Did you go to a ton of classes? What was that experience like?
0: Yeah, like a ton and every different season. So the biggest objection that you know, I had in my head was, okay, we're in London and uh, it's not that warm in the summer or in the winter, I should say. And um, so I'll tell you a quick story. I went to a class specifically when it was minus one, and um, it was around the first of december it was so cold i was nearly going to cancel the class myself and um, i could not believe my eyes when i showed up there was two classes of 35 there was 70 people that showed up and <laughs> um, and it was when the climate was at its worst and that's when i got started mm. to really get excited uh, I mean, you know, it. So Dave, like, you
1: know this from, you know, sport, like sometimes those are the most joyful moments when it's really rough out, when it's raining and you're going hard. I mean, sometimes that's just the absolute best.
0: Yeah, big time. And as well, like you're there to work out and train. So like you got a good instructor that does a good, quick, sharp warm up and you get into your first couple of stations and then all of a sudden your jacket's coming yeah. off. So like and um, just surface sometimes is, is the most important thing, yeah. you know, which you, you can just work around. Yeah. That. And then the mm-hmm. mental
1: side, you end up feeling like a million bucks coming out of that. You know, you started the day cold and kind of clenched, and then you're, you're warm and you're taking on the day. It's like it's a, a full 180. So yeah, part of the reason why we're having this call is because you reached an exciting milestone. I believe you had your one millionth engagement on the platform. Uh, and so I want to hear about that and I, really, I want to hear kind of what goes into that number and then kind of what are some of the strategies that you use to get that kind of engagement because a lot of startups uh, would kill for that.
0: Yeah, of course. So like um, to, to, to strip back how we connect socially, it's um, supply and demand and um, demand is people that choose and are looking to sign up for outdoor and online classes, suppliers, everything from your yoga teacher, boxer, instructor to nutritionist. So what we have is a, is, 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 is an activity feed and we pitch our suppliers saying, um, there's a number of users here and you're only one click away from uh, them hitting your profile. So have a content strategy for BuaFit. So it's everything from posting a photo, writing a comment, following another consumer trainer. And um, we've got the Bua pound. And, um, and so, yeah, just ge- generic kind of like basic social stuff, but it's working because uh, we've got lots of data where there's thousands of sales from people picking up, um, finding classes and trainers that they love. Um, and consume our, sorry, trainers are. Picking up and acquiring clients uh, at no cost to their
1: business, um, so that's the kind of like makeup. Yeah, it. that's exciting. Um, Dave, it just the fitness industry has been so hot the the in startups in apps. Uh, why has there been a lack of innovation in outdoor fitness? I, I really feel like it's been a, in a been a gap in the industry. Is that just because? No one owns the outdoors, so you know a big conglomerate can't profit off it as much.
0: Firstly, it's
1: really hard to make it work. Um, if you look at outdoor fitness compared
0: to indoor fitness, the, out, the environment in outdoor fitness is changing all the time. We could do a class um, at a rooftop and all of a sudden a couple of kids are coming along and disrupting it. We could do, we've had instances where we're doing a yoga class in the park at 10 o'clock in the morning. And the next thing, there's a dog fight right beside it. The, do, the, do, the door is closed in the indoor fitness and that's yeah. it. The experience is set. So it's actually A, really hard. There's been a couple of companies that have attempted to do what we're doing and have failed, um, which is the first thing. Um, and um, like, Really, the economics of connecting is very difficult as well because bringing it back to the environment, uh, Mary and Paddy, um, when it's light drizzle and not that cold, um, will want to go. But then there could be three or four other consumers that won't. So it's actually a messier got business it. to make work, uh, which is an advantage for us because we've got lots of traction that we're we're really onto something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's the exciting bit. Um, you,
1: you mentioned earlier the role of securing cool locations for working out. So It's not just about showing mm. up at a little patch of grass. Uh, tell me w- what you've done there and kind of why you think that's important.
0: Yeah, so I come from like a B2B background. So um, I'm a salesperson. So I, I pretty much outreach to authorities. Um I do deals with councils. And we have a great defensibility piece where some of the classes we do are, like we've got one in particular right now at the moment, a project that's running out till the end, end of August where we're training in the scoop. You've got City Hall uh, on your right. You've, our trainers are on a stage. It's all these awesome steps. Um, and then you're overlooking the city and Tower Bridge. So not only is it an amazing consumer experience, but it's an amazing supplier experience as mm. well um so that we just kind of typically one example and then we've got like you know we've done um we've done um we've gotten licensing in some amazing beautiful green parks mm-hmm. like that are just so nice so um and we've just um moved into our first royal park uh hyde park as okay. well which is super exciting as well mm-hmm. and that's another thing that's hard about outdoor fitness there's licensing and permits and all of that mm-hmm. so they're fairly difficult to sort out and really slow. So you got to build a pipeline.
1: So you're doing a lot more than connecting people. You're not just a a marketplace and then relying on the individual uh, PT uh, to secure those licenses. So so, so how do you get involved in the individual businesses on the marketplace?
0: Yeah, so like we kind of sit between, we're the middleman, so we sit between, you know, the transaction uh, we made a big change in the platform recently where we actually charge trainers to come on now. Um, and it's very exciting in terms of the data that we're seeing. Um, but we reduce the time risk and cost for a fitness professional to start and grow a business, and there's not too many brands that are providing that service. So we've got a huge B2B to C model, great relationships, and they bring in in consumers, but we're just packaging wellness in a different yeah. way. Uh, trainers want to make money and grow a business. Consumers want to work out, um, and we're just providing it in, in 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 a different way, in a different package.
1: <clears throat> Any of those data points you're able to share or even an anecdote about kind of helping a trainer elevate to the next level like that?
0: Yeah, like there's loads of quotes. I mean, like, you, you know, there's one that, um, Uh, that that, that sticks with my head is uh, just a a trainer Gabor he was just like oh my god what what Bufit's doing for the London market is truly amazing and you know we've had instances where um, we're a startup we get a lot of things wrong we mess up you know and and we could mess up quite a lot on the consumer side and they just still tell us how amazing we are. They still just tell us about like, it's so cool that you're promoting outdoor fitness. I feel so much better post-class compared to um, an indoor solution. So um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's awesome.
1: So this, you have a regional approach, you're in London, uh, you have this marketplace of London based, um, trainers and locations. So what's the expansion plan if you have one?
0: So we're already picking up fitness professionals in different countries right now. Uh, We've got ones in Italy, Spain, uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Um, We're definitely looking to um, eventually move into the US market when the time is right. And I mean, the great thing about it is, is that because we're not in a bricks and mortar business um we're selling a service in wi-fi and fresh air Uh, we can move pretty quickly um, but we've been very much organic up until now but we have enough data that um we're now kind of operating too lean um and we need to kind of like really get our skates on and yes. um, so a lot of it has come from word of mouth and and um, providing the best possible service we can to the fitness
1: professional. Yeah, You know, maybe to, to round this out, um, maybe we could return to this idea of giving people a foot in the door for fitness, because this is about more than, like you said, it's not about getting ripped for the beach. I think about the number yeah. of people who are struggling with, uh, anxiety and depression and mental health challenges, uh, because they don't know how to get, uh, get out and get, get, um, get moving, you know, just not, not even exercise, just being active. And so, you know, what's your vision for a world where outdoor fitness and education is truly accessible really around the world?
0: Yeah, so the biggest mistake I see people make, which kind of leads into answering your question around the accessibility piece, Consumers, too many consumers focus at the end of the exercise funnel. Mm-hmm. And if you focus on the start of the exercise funnel, which is just some simple examples, like booking a class and showing up, getting through, just just focus on not planning your week, just focus on, okay, I'm gonna work out on Monday. Yeah. Um, and just being disciplined around the really, really smaller things around of this overwhelming, huge, uh, goal that you need to reach, and I think that that kind of ties in with um, a, a thought process that makes wellness aligned to the consumer's needs and interests mm. um, really accessible. It's it's actually it's a mindset. Yeah.
1: <laughs> What's your word of wisdom to a founder who hears about your one millionth engagement and they think, man? I need to start gaining that traction with my customers and i'm just really struggling um any tips for them yeah
0: you just gotta live and breathe um the customer get as much data as you possibly can and and be clear with your vision but flexible with your day-to-day methods Mm. and i had people hammer me hammer me about they're like hold on a second you're trying to launch a marketplace for outdoor fitness with e-commerce and social technology as a startup. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, it's not gonna work. I was like, but I spend I spend three years reaching, researching this. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's what builds the confidence. So um it's not like like it's it's nothing new that type of advice. It's just because you hear it from loads of other founders, but honestly sure. it's it's got us to get this piece right, you know yeah.
1: Last question, what are you most excited about for BuaFit coming into the second half of 2022?
0: We're making some great traction with the B2B side of things. We're working with some really big enterprise clients. um, And that's actually moving us into new geographies, uh, which is super exciting. And we're adding a huge amount of value to corporate cultures. the direct-to-consumer stuff is, 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 is always gonna be there. It's a long-term plan. Um, but we're adding so much value to the day-to-day operations of some really, really big companies. And I'm so excited about
1: that. <laughs> Describe for me how that would work, because I'm imagining the smaller outdoor fitness classes. So for a corporate, what's the model?
0: So we dark post all of our corporate content. And what I mean by dark post is it's all private. So we've got a service behind Bua from the consumer. And we work with HR directors where we'll learn about the culture, the objectives of the business, the split between like males, females, all the different fitness levels. And we'll provide um, a completely solution um, aligned to the business. And we align uh, data and reporting with it. Uh, We do QR codes for their offices so people can book in easily and amongst a lot of other things like account management stuff. So it's not just here's a trainer, show up. That's like 25% of the
1: service. Well, Dave, I appreciate you taking the time with me today. Uh, I love what you're doing. Uh, I'm excited selfishly for you to come to the United States so that I can book outdoor Mm -hmm. classes and not just jump rope. But uh, but I was inspired to do that by you. So it's already you're already starting to have an impact in the United States. Uh, Amazing. That's some music. Some uh, but, but Dave, <laughs> thank you. Uh, congrats on the 1 millionth engagement. And we'll have to talk again when you hit that next milestone.
0: Great, Logan. Thanks for your time. really enjoyed the chat. Oh, take
1: care. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. Startup Health invest in health transformers around the world who are dedicated to achieving audacious health moonshots. If you want to learn how you can join this community of entrepreneurs, or if you want to connect with one of our 400 companies, go to startuphealth.com. If you'd like to learn how you can invest in our health moonshot impact fund, go to healthmoonshots.com. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back again with another episode next week.